You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Here comes a lightning bolt. Charger fans are witnesses to history. This is the Lightning Round Podcast with your hosts, Garrett Sisti and Jamie Hoyle. Go Chargers, go. What's up, good people? Garrett Sisti here to give you an instant reaction to the Chargers' first final 53-man roster. I'm sure this roster will take shape over the next couple days with other cuts from other teams, adding some other players, practice squad, and whatnot. But right now, here's your initial 53, and I've got the instant reaction for you. It just happened. We got some names that trickled in through cuts and everything over the weekend. We finally got the initial Chargers 53. So let's go ahead and touch on it. I got the graphic up right here. Let's get to it. So first off, top right corner, as you can see on the pup, is going to be Otito Abonia and wide receiver Jalen Guyton. Um, Tito is a little bit of a disappointment. So these two players aren't going to be able to play in the first four weeks of the NFL season. So we won't see them while they're still recovery. Tito, obviously still rehabbing his injury from last season. Uh, hoped he would have been able to get in camp and start to practice a little bit, but his recovery is taking a little bit longer than expected. So they won't have a Tito Obonia. We'll talk about the guys he did add. Uh, to take over for him. And then Jalen Guyton, I mean, his recovery just seems to be dragging on and on and on. Didn't even 
get into training camp yet. Now we starting to warm up and uh, put some, some weight and some, uh, some conditioning on that injury, but both guys aren't going to be on the 53. They're on the pup. We won't see either Guyton or Abonia in the first four weeks of the NFL season. Um, then let's just move on to special teams. Cause this will be a quick one. Long snapper, Josh Harris. We knew punter JK Scott. We're going to make it. They had no competition. Cameron Dicker ended up winning the job and the chargers were able to trade away Dustin Hopkins. They were able to save money with the cut and they got a seventh round pick from the Browns for it. That's just good business. Like I said, on Twitter, you don't have to keep the money there. Dicker is obviously the new kicker. A uh, young guy, and you've been able to retain him a little bit longer, and he doesn't have the cap hit like Hopkins. It all made sense. Uh, these three are part of your special teams going forward. Now, in terms of quarterbacks, probably the biggest surprise of all the cuts that happened is the fact that they only kept two. They kept Justin Herbert and Easton Stick, and the seventh-round pick, Max Duggan, gets cut right away. It seems like a very non-Chargers-type move, to not just keep the third quarterback because like we've been talking about throughout these uh, 53 man roster predictions now during the season, the chargers can keep or any team in the NFL for that matter can keep three quarterbacks and the third quarterback will not count as an active man on your roster during game day, but they can play if both quarterbacks go down. So you'd think just by chance, the chargers would keep three quarterbacks. They've done it forever. And they just drafted Max Duggan, which is a draft pick, which they usually end up keeping. Now, of course, albeit it's a seventh round pick, and that's not a big commitment. But the fact that they don't keep Max Duggan, the rookie that they drafted, they felt like they needed. You know, we had talked about it that um, they ended up picking Max Duggan because another team were going to, they thought another team would pick up Max Duggan. Uh, during the uh, UDFA process. So they wanted to keep Max Duggan in-house because it was basically like getting a priority free agent by keeping him in the seventh round. So rather than him hitting the waiver wire and going to whatever team he signs with, they wanted to keep Max Duggan. But once they got him in camp, apparently he did not do enough to impress. We all saw it. I mean, I thought we all saw it during his TCU tape, but either way, um, he helped, you know, acclimate the new rookie wide receivers, Darius Davis, Quentin Johnston, but, uh, didn't do enough in camp or in preseason to earn a roster spot will probably be on the practice squad. You got to imagine that they're going to keep him as kind of a camp arm. And if they have to move him over to the 53, they can, um, and then have a third quarterback active on game day. But the fact that they didn't keep Max Duggan is a huge surprise for me. Um, Craig was right. Craig predicted there wouldn't be two quarterbacks. We all hoped that they would only keep two quarterbacks. Quite frankly, been hoping they'd only keep two quarterbacks since we've been doing this podcast, which was 100 years ago. They've been keeping three quarterbacks regardless, um, but they decided to go with Easton Stick and Justin Herbert. Easton Stick obviously earned that roster spot. Uh, he looked great in the pre... Well, great, it's maybe a stretch. He looked very good in the preseason. Um, he did look like he's progressed nicely. Uh, he's playing better than he ever has in any preseason uh, before it. So uh, Easton Sick definitely earned this spot as the QB2. It was whether they're going to keep Duggan or not. Quite frankly, Duggan didn't earn it, so they didn't keep him. And that's a great way to build a football team. If you don't earn that spot, you don't deserve it. Now, they can keep on the practice squad. It's not like they're 
totally cutting bait. They could obviously bring him back and, you know, hope that he progresses more and more. But in terms of this season, he wasn't enough to keep as a player on the 53. He wasn't the best 53 for this roster, especially with some holes that they're going to need to fill with some of these injuries. But we'll get into that. But obviously the biggest surprise for me, Max Duggan, seventh-round pick, does not stay on the roster, does not make the initial 53. The fact that they cut a draft pick the year they drafted him uh, is not like is not a very Chargers move. So uh, they cut him. It makes sense. Uh, you get the rationale, and we'll see if Max Duggan makes a practice squad. Uh, next up is running back. I put the fullback in here too, uh, as you see, but it's Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller, the UDFA, Elijah Dotson, one of my uh, one of my guys in the, this UDFA class, made it, and Xander Horvath made it, uh, the fullback. So we didn't think they would end up keeping uh, more than just four with Xander Horvath part of this uh, back group, but they ended up keeping Elijah Dotson. Uh, you got to imagine that he earned it. I mean, with that long touchdown run, he uh, really splashed in the last preseason game against the 49ers. Uh, obviously did enough for the team to keep him. But I think really this is the type of move where when you get to the bottom, like, you know, last three of the 53 is guys that you want to keep. You keep them on the initial 53 and then you sneak them on a cut later so that after the second wave, when everybody's kind of solidified the roster, you can sneak them into the cuts and then uh, move them down to your practice squad. This might be one of those moves. I'm not sure where Elijah Dotson fits other than depth. You've already got your starting running back in Austin Eckler. Uh, Joshua Kelly and Isaiah Spiller impressed in the preseason. They obviously have roles going forward. Where does Elijah Dotson fall in? Do they want him returning kicks? I doubt it. That's why they drafted Darius Davis, who's, you know, uh, end of that wide receiver depth chart. I, I don't see them having him as a kick returner. Uh, he didn't play much special teams, but... Xander Horvath, the fifth running back on this list, obviously uh, did earn his uh, position here in the 53 because of his special teams prowess. Uh, uh, he's going to be a fullback, though I don't see a lot of fullback usage in the system, but uh, he's a special teamer and he made it because of that. That's very important. So uh, having Xander Horvath in this group makes sense. Elijah Dotson, he earned it. He gets it. Um, and you, you, totally understand why they would keep Elijah Dotson. I kind of flipped back and forth on whether I thought they would keep him or not. I just felt like four running backs and a fullback, five guys in this group just felt like a lot when you wanted to kind of beef up other parts of the roster, but it makes sense. Dotson really impressed. Um, I'm happy for him. And uh, a guy that looks like he's got some home run power. He showed it in the preseason and whether to keep him for week one, we'll see or whether they'll sneak him into that second wave of cuts. We'll see either way. Elijah Dotson, happy for the UDFA making the roster. So with the running backs, it's Eckler, Kelly, Spiller, Dotson, and then your fullback, Xander Horvath. Next up, tight ends. Uh, not, not much of a surprise here. Kind of uh, solidified this four, and uh, no other player really made enough noise to you know, unseat either of these four guys. Hunter Campmore, obviously the next guy who could have maybe been squeezing this group, but they were going to keep all four of these guys. I, I know that uh, Jamie had hoped that Trey McKitty wouldn't make it in this group, but he 
I think next year is when you're going to have a serious conversation about whether or not you keep Trey McKitty. But uh, the four are Gerald Everett, Trey McKitty, Donald Parham, and Stone Smart. Now, it feels to me like this is the part of the of all this 53 as you're looking at it. This is the group that needs to improve. Uh, they needed to improve in the offseason. They needed to improve in the draft. Uh, they needed to improve during the UDFA process. None of that ended up happening, so they stood pat with Everett McKitty, Parham, and Smart. Smart earned this fourth tight end spot. He really looked, quite honestly, better than both McKitty and Parham in the preseason, though Parham didn't really get a lot of run. But Stone Smart was definitely the highlight of this group in the preseason. So he earned that fourth spot. So I'm glad to see Stone Smart made it as a fourth tight end. But when you look at this this group, you'd really like to improve it. And I, a lot of cuts are coming in, but Alberto just got cut by the Broncos. That would make a ton of sense. There's some veteran depth here. Maybe move one of these guys, Cough, uh, Cough, Trey McKitty, to the practice squad. Um, not obviously I didn't hide that very much, but, uh, just, just move McKitty, just send him somewhere else. Uh, it right now he was brought in to be a blocking tight end. He's struggling in that manner. Uh, he is not much of a receiving weapon when he does. He's had some bad drops, not only in games as we saw last season, but he's had some bad drops, uh, in, in preseason and in camp. So quite honestly, a guy like Albert O who putting him on the field with, with Gerald Everett, with Donald Parham, mixing those three. I, I'm much more confident in that three than I am with Trey McKitty, Donald Parham, and Gerald Everett. Stone Smart, a guy that's going to get some work on special teams and some depth at tight end. Uh, again, Smart earned this role. Everett's a starter. Parham, McKitty, kind of in the middle there. But you'd like for them to get a little bit better in this group. And I think, hopefully, during cuts, they can add somebody to improve this group. Cause what if Gerald ever goes down, the chargers are in deep trouble. And I think they know that I know that, you know, that they got to improve this tight end room, but these are the four they kept Gerald Everett, Trey McKitty, Donald Parham and stone smart. Uh, moving on to wide receiver again. Uh, didn't think they'd keep six. Uh, been saying it all off season. I, I don't, I didn't think it really made much sense to keep anybody because I don't really think anybody showed up enough. Keelan Doss would be the sixth guy if they were to keep a sixth, but I just, I didn't see that happening. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnston, Joshua Palmer, and then Darius Davis is your fifth. Uh, kind of going to be a, kind of a gadget guy as we saw in that last preseason game. And then obviously the kick returner and the punt returner who was electric in the preseason as well with the uh, punt return touchdown against the Rams in game one. So uh, this five uh, pretty much solidified. I could see Keelan Doss make it the practice squad. John Hightower uh, didn't really do enough for me in the preseason. I know that he had uh, a couple good days in in the uh, training camp, so maybe they want to keep him on the practice squad, but I think Keelan Doss gets that spot, uh, and then maybe if they want to keep a second, it's John Hightower, but these five make sense. Not much of an argument here. Uh, it it all lines up. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quentin Johnson, Joshua Palmer, Darius Davis. Not sure you need a six-wide receiver, and it looks like Jalen Guyton will be that guy once he comes back. So the first four weeks, you're a little light on wide receiver. Jalen Guyton gets back. He then provides depth as your six wide receiver, and then you can make some moves from there. So at least for now, five wide receivers makes the most sense, and that's what they ended up keeping. All right, so offensive line. Uh, looks like uh, this was the initial nine that I kept. Um, I think 
Jamie and Craig kind of bullied me out of keeping Brendan Hymas on my last 53. Go back to the tape. You can watch it. Uh, they picked on me, and I didn't appreciate it. I ended up caving. I shouldn't have. Uh, and I added Zach Bailey, but no, this is the uh, nine. I thought they were going to keep nine, uh, but and this all makes sense. So Rashawn Slater, Zion Johnson, Corey Lindsley, Jamari Salyer, and Trey Pipkins are your starters from left to right. Then you've got Jordan McFadden, uh, the new draft pick who will be interior depth. Foster Sorrell is your swing tackle there as a backup. Will Clapp is your interior offensive lineman, more of a backup center. Uh, in preseason, we saw him last year. And then the ninth is Brennan Hymas. I think you can make a case for Zach Bailey because they kind of cross-trained him to be a guard and a tackle. Uh, was pretty good outside of the one penalty last week. And I thought that he would be, he could have been the ninth, but it feels like Brennan Hymas is the veteran, a guy that's been in the system for a while, versatile enough to play both guard and uh and center, play tackle in college. That versatility's won him over in this front office for a while now. Um, I know that they could probably get better in this spot. This is another position where I think if they wanted another interior guy on the waiver wire, Brennan Hymas could be an easy cut and you can uh, upgrade at that spot there from Brennan Hymas. But I think Zach Bailey makes it to the practice squad. I think he's done too much uh, this camp to cut him and leave him on the street. I think you got to keep him um, as a young developmental guy because quite honestly, he showed enough to warrant a practice squad spot, if not a 53rd spot here. But um, obviously they went with a veteran in Brandon Hymas and then they'll develop Zach Bailey. I, I get it. Uh, I kind of figured that's what they do. But again, I was bullied. I want to put that on record into not having Brendan Hymas on my last 53. So um, he makes it as the uh, ninth offensive lineman. And uh, outside of that, I don't, I didn't think there was um, any conversation for anybody else. Uh, Johari branch was a guy that um, I liked to come out of college. That might be a guy worth stashing on the practice squad. But for now of those nine, you couldn't make an argument for Zach Bailey. Uh, it makes sense. I think having a guy that can play, tackle and guard though you know Brendan Hymas did play tackle in college he didn't he hasn't done it in the NFL Zach Bailey has done both tackle and guard in the NFL so I think there's an argument to keep Zach Bailey as that last ninth offensive lineman spot but I understand Brendan Hymas it's kind of a either or pick your kind of poison here for the last offensive lineman but I think a spot that they could definitely upgrade if they wanted to uh in the waiver wire and a spot I would upgrade if if anybody became available. And again, I'm doing this as these cuts happen. So they're all rolling in as I'm kind of just blubbering on here. So um, we'll see. I'll probably make a list at some point. Uh, so now on to defense. First up is defensive line. Uh, the, this is a little bit of a surprise, I think, for a lot of people. So Atito Abonia doesn't make the 53. He's on the pup. So Morgan Fox makes sense. Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day. There's your starters. Your draft pick, Scott Matlock, who flashed in the preseason, makes a ton of sense. I thought Nick Williams was a guy. He was a veteran who the chart that uh, was under Brandon Staley didn't play in the preseason, which I think was a pretty good indicator that he was going to make this roster. They wanted to keep him uh, healthy with Tito on the pup, and especially with Tito and Austin Johnson not being part of uh, training camp or preseason, you wanted to kind of keep Nick Williams healthy going into the season. So they didn't play him, but the uh, last spot here, Christopher Hinton. So it goes Morgan Foss, Christopher Hinton, 
uh, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Scott Matlock, and Nick Williams. The Obviously, the big omission here in this group is Gerard Clark. I thought Gerard Clark uh, did enough this preseason to warrant a spot here. I think you kind of flip-flop here, kind of like Brennan Hymas and Zach Bailey with Hinton and Clark. Both of them made plays this preseason. Uh, Hinton, more of a more of a veteran presence, a guy who has played more than Gerard Clark young uh, Clark being more of the, um, younger UDFA. I felt like with what they did with Gerard Clark in paying him some extra cash to be part of this UDFA class. And also the fact that Tito was more of a nose and having Gerard be more of a true nose probably would have won him this spot, but Christopher Hinton is more of an interior guy, uh, more of a tackle than he is a true nose. So I thought quite honestly, that they would just trade the one for one with Tito and Gerard Clark. Uh, that wasn't the case. They ended up bringing in Christopher Hinton who, uh, you know, played enough in this preseason. And I thought made enough plays to, uh, be in the conversation for a sixth offensive lineman or defensive lineman, excuse me. So, I don't have a big gripe here. Gerard Clark has got to make the practice squad. I, there's just too much promise in this kid. I hope they really, really bring him back. This is the one guy. There's probably one or two guys that I think you have to keep. I think number one on that list highlighted and circled in, in Sharpie is Gerard Clark. Really got to bring him back. I think he was really starting to uh, ascend as the preseason went on. We saw some pass rush out of him, which you didn't see a lot of that in college. I I really feel like they got to keep Gerard Clark. So while Gerard Clark didn't make this list, didn't make the 53, definitely a guy that's got to stay on the practice squad and a guy that hopefully can move up if any injuries occur. Because I think just a guy with that size and those kind of moves and that kind of athleticism for the way he, how big he is, those don't grow on trees. And I feel like you got to keep a guy like Gerard Clark uh, in your system. And I know true nose tackles aren't really valued in this NFL today's NFL, at least, but with as bad as the chargers have been in stopping the run, Gerard Clark is the guy to help you out. He's the guy to absorb double teams. He's that big body that not only helps you in the run game, but showed he can get after the passer. So while he wasn't part of the six, Gerard Clark, hopefully fingers crossed makes a practice squad. So again, the list with your starters, uh, Austin Johnson, Sebastian Joseph Day, Morgan Fox, Scott Matlock, and then it's Nick Williams and Christopher Hinton. Um, I think you could have maybe made an argument for David Moa maybe in this group too, but I I really feel like Gerard Clark jumped Moa, and I felt like Hinton and Gerard Clark were kind of fighting for that sixth uh, interior defensive lineman spot. They like to go with Christopher Hinton. Hopefully Gerard Clark sticks on the practice squad, and we're all good in that area in terms of the interior defensive line. Uh, now, moving on to edge, uh, this isn't surprising for edges. This is what they were going to do going into camp. Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack are your starters. Thule, uh and Chris Rumpf are your four. I felt like Andrew Farmer, Brevin Allen were guys that uh, didn't kind of showed up a little bit in the preseason, more Farmer than Allen. Uh, I'd like to see Andrew Farmer make the practice squad, but nobody really did enough this preseason to show that they – should have kept a fifth edge. Uh, Chris Rumpf really uh, exploded. So did Thule in the preseason. Then everybody else behind them just kind of were guys uh, playing with the second and third team uh, offenses. And, you know, I think Andrew Farmer 
uh, should definitely earn a practice squad spot. Maybe even Brevin Allen. Ty Shelby has just been a guy, and I feel like there's a lot more in Farmer and Allen uh, to keep them. If they kept Shelby in the practice squad, I'd be fine. But I feel like Andrew Farmer's a guy that's got to be on a list of hey, bring him back. He's got uh, he's got some intangibles. You want to coach up and bring into camp next season. Keep him in house. Uh, next up, linebacker. Uh, same five. Uh, I think these were kind of locked in too. Endrick Hendricks, uh, Eric Hendricks, Kenneth Murray, Dayon Henley, Nick Neiman, and Amen Ogbang Amiga. Nobody really uh, fighting with these guys to get a pra- uh, to get a starting spot. Mikel Jones is a guy I think they should probably keep on the practice squad. I think he flashed a lot, uh, last game in, uh, against San Francisco to keep him. I would keep Mikel Jones on the practice squad. Uh, definitely not making the 53. Another guy, which just feels bizarre is Tay Crowder. They signed him. He had like one day of camp and then they cut him. He played in the preseason and then they cut him. Uh, he's kind of, he bounced around. He's been with the giants. He was just recently with the giants was kind of a role player there. I thought maybe he would be a guy to compete, but again, with only one day, I don't know. Hopefully they can keep a guy like Tay Crowder uh, on the practice squad as well. He's a guy I would definitely target as well. Kind of bizarre that they just brought him in, I guess just as a body and then left him. But usually you do that with, you know, guys you sign off the street, not a role player like Tay Crowder, who was really looking to stick with the team, was unhappy with his playing time with the Giants. He felt like he got buried on the depth chart. The Chargers bring him in. You'd think because they told him he could get some playing time here, but he didn't. And uh, so they're moving on. <clears throat> All right. So uh, DBs, let's go with corner. This is uh, this wasn't much of a surprise. I had, I had them keeping six because I had them... Uh, not having um, the running back Elijah Dotson there, but it's JC Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr. And Michael Davis as your starters, Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard as your depth guys and special teamers. The one guy I thought might make it or two that I thought uh, played well in the preseason and guys, I really, really hope they keep on the practice squad. Cam Brown is a guy that I thought they might keep as a sixth corner. I had them keeping uh, Cam Brown outside of Elijah Dotson. Uh, I think you got to really keep a physical corner like Cam Brown around. And Taiwan Mullen flashed a lot in the preseason, really flying around, showing that speed and agility uh, that that he, he had in uh, Indiana. So that's two guys they have got to keep on the practice squad. Cam Brown being highlighted in that group, a guy that I really, really hope they end up keeping in that cornerback group. So they keep five. Makes sense. Thought they might keep Cam Brown. He was kind of on the edge there, but um, they elected to keep another safety, actually. So what they ended up doing is, with safety, they had Derwin James. They have Alohi Gilman. They kept the third-round pick, JT Woods. They kept Raheem Lane, who was impressive this preseason in the camp. And fifth, probably the biggest surprise here in terms of the players that they kept on this 53, they kept A.J. Finley. Uh, another one of my guys in the UDFA class really surprised by this um, might tell you a little bit about how they feel about JT Woods though. He's shown some progression this preseason compared to last. So I don't know if that's the case, but like Elijah Dotson feels like AJ Finley's one of those guys that they really, really did not want to put on the waiver wire on this first wave of cuts when everybody's looking to fill up their rosters. I feel like they wanted to keep AJ Finley they liked uh, enough of him to keep him and then maybe cut him when 
you know, once Tito and Jalen Guyton get back, it feels like that's those two, both Dotson and Finley are going to get cut and then just move over to the practice squad. But, or quite frankly, if they make any moves, say they pick up a tight end or maybe pick up an interior offensive lineman or pick up another safety, who knows? Uh, the, I think AJ Finley, Elijah Dotson are probably going to be the guys that end up getting cut first and moving over the practice squad. So, um, I'm happy for AJ Finley. I, I don't know that he did enough. He must've done enough in the building and in, in camp, but really quite honestly, I felt like AJ Finley didn't really flash all that much. I was really looking for him too. And he, he made a play or two, uh, last week against the 49ers, but I don't know. I, I just, I didn't feel like he did enough to, to flash to make the 53, but it makes sense because I felt like he's got just tremendous ball skills coming out of college. The one thing that was keeping him down was that he was undersized. And so they ended up keeping him. And so that's your 53. They kept Derwin James, Aloha Gilman, JT Woods, Raheem Lane, and AJ Finley. That's my initial take on the 53. I feel like they have got to, got to keep uh, Zach Bailey, Gerard Clark, Cam Brown, Taiwan Mullen. Uh, hopefully they can keep Tay uh, Crowder, Mikel Jones, Keelan Doss, Andrew Farmer, just kind of going over my list here. And, uh, and CJ Okoye. Uh, I hope they keep him too. And I think they will. And they'll be able to, uh, to keep his rights. Mark Webb floating off in the abyss somewhere. Uh, you know, he's never been healthy. He did nothing to earn a spot on this 53, and I'm glad that they did not just hand him the spot. Obviously, Finley, I felt, did more than more than Mark Webb, but also I felt like Cam Brown did more than Finley. But regardless, that's the DBs they're rolling with. Um, that's that pretty. I'm just looking at the uh, UDFA list real quick before I get off here. But that's uh, I also mentioned. Uh, oh, Tyler Hoosman. Definitely earned a spot on the practice squad as well. Uh, don't want to keep him out as well. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you guys listening, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>